Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Wow. We got 43 years to go, baby. 43 years and a couple months to go. How y'all doing, Vibrant Church? What's up? Y'all, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. First service brought it. I need 11 o'clock vibes right now. Where you at, Vibrant Church? How y'all doing this morning? That's exactly what I was talking about. I'm so happy that you got that. <laughs> hey, I just want to say, of course, good morning. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I want to take a quick second to do what every good speaker should do and honor uh, somebody that's very important to this house. His name is Pastor Michael Scobie, and uh, I want to read verbatim what I wrote because it meant so much to me when I wrote it, and I apologize if I cry. Um, this opportunity wouldn't be here for me if Pastor Michael hadn't paved the way for guys like me. Um, if he didn't say yes, I wouldn't be here, and, and I just want to say thank you, Pastor Michael, uh, for being obedient to the call of God in your life. Your faithfulness is seen, and we reap the fruit of that every day. Can we just thank Pastor Michael real quick one more time? I held those back. (laughs) Um, I just want to say 9 o'clock was awesome because we had a lot of elementary school kids in here. But uh, today is the fifth Sunday, so that means elementary is in the house. Vibrant kids, where you at? Let me hear it. Awesome. Well, I was so excited that they're actually here because I tailored my message knowing that they were here. And so I, y'all are in for a little bit of a treat. But um, I, I think it's so cool to sit in a room with all people from uh, two through or maybe more like six or seven to 60 and 70 maybe. Um, because Einstein, uh, Albert Einstein said it best. If you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. And today I kind of want to approach something that's very big in a very hopefully simple way. So that way our elementary school kids can learn a little bit too. So with that being said, transitional statement, I wouldn't say that I'm a confrontational person. But when I get opportunities like this, I like to address some stuff. You know, my, my mom, uh, she called it a family meeting. Uh, usually it involved me getting spanked. But in this kind of scenario, uh, I just want to be real with you guys. Is that cool? Can we be real a little bit? I want to talk about something that's really been on my heart recently. I think we as people that pursue Jesus have strayed away from the basics. And it's probably not the basics that you're thinking about. Uh, Pastor Michael, if you know him, you know that he loves the L.A. Lakers. And one particular person on the L.A. Lakers, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'm 24 years old. I'm just finishing out my Kobe year. Uh, the Jordan year was pretty awesome. The Kobe year has been better. Um, I don't know who's 25, so somebody needs to tell me that. Um, but, <laughs> you know, Kobe did something incredible, man. He had that Mamba mentality. And one of the things that he did so well, even though he could do the fadeaway jumper, even though he could cross anybody up, he mastered the basics. And in our conversation today, when we talk about the basics of the Christian life, I'm not talking about the things you might be thinking of. I'm not talking about prayer per se. 
or worship necessarily or reading your word. I want to talk about acknowledging God's presence in our everyday moments. I don't want anybody to leave here today without understanding the power that is in God's presence. I want to pose a question to everybody. What would be different about your life if you knew that God was standing right next to you every second of every day? Would you pray different? Would you worship a little bit different? Would you evangelize and love people different? I want to tell you something, guys. Acknowledging God's presence is more than a good idea. It's the foundation for a Christian's life. And, you know, acknowledge, that's like such a, you know, a big word sometimes for, little, for kids. So I just want to put it in maybe some terms that are a little bit easier. Acknowledging God's presence just means that we put our minds and hearts focus on what it means for God to be here with us. Today, I want to set the stage for a breakthrough moment. I hope somebody, at least one person I pray will have today. You know, my dad and I, I come from New York City. And my dad and I, uh, we, well, my dad and my mom and my brother all lived in New York City in the Bronx. Uh, the total hood, um, three-year-olds cussing out their dads who are cussing out their moms. It's wild. But my dad worked in Chinatown, completely different area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, my dad worked for the city. And when he was working there, he worked for the criminal justice department in the IT division. And uh, I went to school at a school called PS124 Young Wing School, Y-U-N-G-W-I-N-G, the best. And more than all the fun that we had on the train, talking to homeless people, uh, there's this one guy that had this like muscle magazine uh, that I never read as a kid, as you can tell. I kid you not, the best moments that I ever had with my dad were riding that train and just talking. And one time my dad asked me a question that most parents ask their kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? And I told my dad, I wanted to be an astronaut. I looked at the sky and I was like, man, sky is not the limit. There is so much out there that I want to explore myself and that's what I want to do. And today I want to paint a little picture that I pray will shift our focus a little bit today. I want to paint an image that's going to hit home and I kind of already feel how this is going to go. I got this beach ball here, and this beach ball is the Milky Way galaxy. I measured it, 25.5 centimeters. This black line is one centimeter. If we took the distance from the sun to the last planet, it would take up 0.000002 of this black line. In this one black line, you could fit 400, or 400, 4,999,999 more solar systems end to end in this one black line. And as I'm holding the Milky Way galaxy here, I thought to myself, what would the observable universe look like? And there's a picture that I want to show you. It's just a map. And uh, there's this green dot in the middle where the Milky Way galaxy lives in the Woodlands, Texas. And the observable universe 
spans an estimated diameter of 93 billion light years across, about 73.8 miles. The God that holds all of that in the palm of his hand is present in this room right now. And that means something. That's just not an arbitrary piece of information. I need you to know that whenever God is present, he's trying to tell you that he loves you. I want to read something to you in Psalms 8. It says this. It says, Oh, Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You've taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them a little lower than you and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. Oh, Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. I paint this picture in order to show you the gravity of what it means for God to be here right now. And honestly, what it means is more than just him being here, that he cares about you. When you cry on your pillow, he hears you. When you're really upset on I-45, he hears you too. <laughs> He's present with you every single day. And I want to use the rest of my time today to talk about that. Matthew 28, 18 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I have all authority. I'm giving you authority. And I'll be with you as you exercise the authority I gave you. When you acknowledge God's presence, you remind yourself of the authority you have in Jesus Christ. You see, the authority we have is not our own. It's from him. And it's not just from Jesus, it's from the father who gave it to him. You see, there's kids in this room that they're under authority, if you didn't know. They're under parents' authority, right? And the parents' authority is their boss, most likely. <laughs> And the authority over them is the shareholders. And the shareholders are subject to the market. And the market is subject to the people. And the people ultimately are subject to God. No matter how you slice it, the road always ends up back to God. Yet we live our life with our authority. We think that we can just say and do what we please. But when you stack up our authority to the authority of the God that in one word created that 73.8 mile circle, it's not that much, huh? You know, I believe wholeheartedly that because we're children of God, 
we have authority through our sonship. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says this, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. And since we're his children, we're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. In the beginning, man was created in God's image and was given dominion authority over all that God made. And kids, it's just a fancy way of saying that God trusted man to do things God's way. You know, whenever I see a kid, I see their parents. You know what I mean? Like I see a little bit of mom and a little bit of dad. But what's beautiful is the part of you that they have is shown to everybody every day as long as they live. And I wanted to uh, take a quick break uh, with a portion of video that I love so much. It's from an indie movie. You probably never heard of it. Uh, it's called The Lion King. And uh, I want you to watch this, and I want to share something with you after that. <laughs> Creepy little monkey. Will you stop following me? <laughs> who are you? The question is, who are you? <sighs> I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Shh, come here. It's a secret. Uh, enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. <laughs> I think you're a little confused. Wrong. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. <gasps> Bye. Hey, wait! You knew my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope, wrong again. <laughs> He's alive, and I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way. Come on. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you.
Simba, you have forgotten me. No. How could I? You have forgotten who you are, and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. Remember who you are. No, please, don't leave me. Remember. Father. Remember. Fire movie, dude. I love that movie. I'm telling you right now, every single time I cry like a baby, I admit. But man, that, that moment just strikes a chord in me. Because I feel like a lot of times we're like Simba looking into that water and just seeing us. We just see the disappointment, the sadness, the failure. But when you just take a minute to look a little bit deeper at God's face, you'll see who you really are. And then the second you do that, God opens up so much to you. And I want to talk about that in my next point here. When we acknowledge God's presence, we tap into a strength that only comes from the Holy Spirit. You know what's so funny is that after that moment that he had with his father right there, Simba goes on and absolutely dominates everything. Beats up Scar, beats up the hyenas, everything's cool and gravy. But I'm going to tell you one thing right now. That's not always how life works. Witness, anybody? Hands up, anybody? All right. I don't believe y'all. You know, I had a youth pastor, his name was Pastor Lance, and he was such a funny guy, dude. He would get up and just make every single young person in our church laugh hysterically. He would talk and come and talk about like silly stuff like Legos and G.I. Joe. And, you know, one time he had this story about a drink called Redline. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Redline. Nobody? Okay, how about this? Bang? Anybody know Bang? So Redline is like Bang. But here's how intense it is. I don't know if you know this, but you're not supposed to drink a full bang in one shot. Raise your hand if you know this. Dude, don't ever drink a bang in your life, dude. <laughs> it will ruin you. Red line is so potent that they on the, the label have a red line that says don't drink past this. Like medical warning level stuff will happen to you. And my youth pastor told this story one time about how he drank one and didn't know and then went to the gym and proceeded to have the best workout of his life, dude. He was just, just like going at everything. And dude, I really, really love two things he told me one time. One was on integrity. He said, integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching. But the other thing he told me hit me like a ton of bricks, especially when I was 16. <laughs> How different would your life be if you are aware that the Holy Spirit was watching you at all times, I'm going to tell you this right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I believe, hand to the Bible, that accountability is one of the best thing any young man and young woman can have in their life. Being accountable to somebody is so vital. 
But I'm going to tell you something right now. They're not always there at 2 a.m. They're not always there when you are crying on your pillow. They're not always there when you're on that work trip. They're not always there when you're on I-45 about to cuss that dude. They're not always there. But the Holy Spirit is. He is so present. He is closer to you than the shirt is on your back. But how different would life be? Obviously, as a 16-year-old, I won't get too into it. But as a 16-year-old, I really didn't want the Holy Spirit seeing what I was doing. I did things, said things, thought things that if you knew, you would judge the heck out of me. But the second my youth pastor told me that, I was so scared. (laughs) But at the same time, I received the power that I couldn't muster up on my own. You see, whenever you are in your room at 2 a.m. and no one's there, there's willpower for integrity. But that will fail you. The Holy Spirit will never leave you, never forsake you, and I tell you this, never fail you. When you call unto him, the Bible says this. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's such a cliche verse. And I feel like we just sweep it under the rug really quick. Oh, Philippians 4, 13, oh my God, like put it, on a, put it on a wall, dude. But let me tell you this. God has given you everything you need to live a godly life. 2 Peter 1, 3 says that. A grace that gives you a fresh start and a clean slate. He's given you evidence of his love through Jesus Christ and the finished work he did on the cross. He fueled your faith by every healing, every touch, every demon casting out. But more importantly, he gives you comfort, help, and strength right here. But, but we, don't, we don't think that way. We don't ever think while we're driving, you know what? The Holy Spirit's sitting right next to me right now. When we're at work, just typing away, we're not thinking, you know what, Holy Spirit? So glad you're here right now. Raise your hand if you, if you think that daily, every single day, every second of the day. This is not in my notes, but in the Jewish culture, they have this black box that they put on their head that in it contains scriptures and prayers that they have, or are wanting to pray to God. And they wear this sucker for a long time. Raise your hand if you're putting a black box in your head anytime soon. Just be honest. Nobody. Yet... At any moment, the Holy Spirit's here with me. That thought can come to your head, and I challenge you to make that into a habit. Last thing I want to talk about before we move into something that I feel is really, really special. Um, When we acknowledge the presence of God, we're more open to growing deeper in our relationship with him. Uh, There's another gentleman gentleman in my life named Sean Breeden. I would not be the man I am today without this guy. Super funny dude. Big old beard, kind of like Billy's beard, uh, bald like Billy. He basically is another church's Billy. And uh, <laughs> Billy, sticker in the room? Okay, good. Um, Billy's my boss. Anyways, Sean Breeden literally has seen me grow since I was 12 years old. I would not be where I am today without him. And it's because we went to Houston, to this restaurant called Nico Nico's, to get not a single ounce of Greek food, just get hamburgers and talk. That deepened our relationship to such a way, whenever there was an opportunity, he'd call me. 
whenever he was like, dude, I met these awesome kids in Dallas. You got to go check them out. I'm going to fly you out there, bro. I'm going to put you in a hotel. I'm that only happens when you have a relationship with somebody. Imagine being friends with somebody that only was on their phone every time they talked to you. Imagine being friends with somebody that when you call for them, they don't even answer. Imagine being friends with somebody. Uh, I'll put it like this. Have you ever messed with a kid and like you pretended they weren't there? You're like, Ryan, Ryan, where are you? And they're screaming, like fuming. I'm right here. We do that to God every day. And then we wonder why it is that he's not like speaking so loud. You can't stop talking. You know, you, you can't even put your phone down to listen and give him your attention. I feel like a parent right now. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be that way. <laughs> I'm not a dad yet. But man, I want to have a relationship with God like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you were close beside me. Your rod and staff protect me and comfort me. David would live that life every day for his sheep and recognize that as his relationship with God. I want a relationship like that because of what it says in Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Things that you can't even find on your own, God will show you when you have a relationship with him. That's a phone call away. Pursue him. Pursue him with all you have because literally you don't have to try so hard. He's right there. I love this story in 1 Samuel as I close uh, here in a second. 1 Samuel 3, Samuel's this young boy. He's been called by God to be a prophet. And as he grows up, he hangs out with this guy named Eli, kind of like his, his priest, pastor, mentor guy. The physical presence of God was symbolized with this ark. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. And it would be placed inside the temple for protection. Year after year, there'd be wars over this thing. And Israel finally kept it. And Samuel was so close to this altar when he was taking this nap. And he heard this whisper. It said this, Samuel. And he wakes up from his sleep. He's like, Eli, did you say something? A time again, he, the same thing, Samuel, Eli, was that you? And Eli's just so fed up. He's like, dude, leave me alone, please, bro. I'm trying to sleep. And we pick up in verse six. It says this, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And Samuel got up again and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call for me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel didn't know the Lord. Because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before. Samuel. Samuel. 
And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel and proceeded to tell him this incredible vision. But I want to tell you this today right now. God wants to use you. Will you respond? God wants to speak to you. Will you listen? God wants to show you incredible things for your life, your home, your marriage, your workplace, your community. Are you open to that? If so, I want to challenge you as we stand. Oh, sorry. Would you please stand with me? Sorry. (laughs) I want to challenge you with something as the band comes up. One more story. God forbid we read the Bible in church. (laughs) 1 Kings 19. Elijah is another one of these prophet guys, and he walks into this temple and says there's going to be no rain for a couple years. At the end of this time, he calls up these guys who believe in a different God than him and says, you know what, let's put our gods to the test. Has this little contest, basically, who can light their meat up faster on the altar And at the end of it, God moves in an incredible way. Elijah walks out of that situation running for his life because the queen of the land heard what had happened and sent people to kill him. Elijah's ready to end it all. He's sitting under a tree and he's praying to God, please just end this for me. And an angel comes and brings him food and water and says, hey, get some sleep. We have a long way to go. And he takes him to this cave. We pick up here in verse 11. It says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his cloak and went outside and stood before the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I feel like as Christians, we pursue these big moments. Let's go to camp. Let's go to conference. Let's go on Sunday and just let's go. Yet God's presence most often is found in the whisper. When you're quiet and no one else is around, when you're in your closet and there's no one to bother you, when you're driving alone from to or from work, he's there. And I want to challenge us with something a little bit different. We we don't normally do this, so I, you know, if it's your first time, Michael, Pastor Michael's gonna come back. He's gonna preach way better than me. Uh, but I want to challenge everybody today in this moment to pursue that. Take our mind and our heart's focus and just think about what it means for God to be here right now. The God that holds the universe in his hand like this beach ball. 
knows your name can count every single hair on your head or beard knows how many breaths you've taken in your entire life and how many more you'll breathe he wants to speak to you right now and we don't need like all this stuff like we, we, we really don't need these lights or these incredible worship team members or this big screen we kind of just need to listen for that whisper so today, as we bow our heads and close our eyes, I just want to challenge you in this moment to say something to God right now. Uh, I prepared this graphic, but y'all are already closing your eyes, so I'll read it to you. <laughs> Phrases like, you're here. You are Lord. I love you. You are worthy. You are above everything. I am submitted to you. I would challenge you today to pick one of those and just say it with your lips. Say it with your heart. And I would encourage you to allow every other word that wants to come out of your mouth to come out. And we don't need a hoop and holler and try and call down fire from heaven. Because God whispers because he's right here. He's right here. He's, he's close enough. So now as we bow our heads for the second time, <laughs> let's pursue that moment. I encourage you to lift your voice, pray for a little bit. I'm gonna come back up on the stage and pray. And then the worship team is gonna lead us in another song. Let's do that right now. worship you. We know you're here, God. Father, better is one day in these four walls, God, one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Father, there's nothing more than we want than your presence. Father, I pray that you would use every single person under the sound of my voice to advance your kingdom to reach the lost, 
to find the broken and the hungry and the needy, Jesus. Father, use this house for your glory. We need you, Jesus. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, God. Father, honor their yes. God, honor their commitment to you. Father, honor their bold step of faith that they took today. Father, breaking out of their comfort zone, breaking out of their 